those first visits, sitting on the floor, looking at the children, they calmed me. And I've never felt more peaceful than all those years sitting on the floor with the kids. And that that's remained, that peace in me remains. What does true wellness mean to you? I'm Claudia Cometa, and that is the question I will be leading with in the Minding Wellness podcast. Each and every week, I will bring you experts who will share their personal wellness journeys and their insights into what it means to mind our wellness. Health is a state of body. Wellness is a state of being. Let's dive into improving our state of being. This week on the Minding Wellness Podcast, I'm so excited to bring on Genevieve Paturo. Genevieve was a TV executive in New York City for 20 years when a little girl's question changed the course of her life and she jumped off the corporate ladder. She began delivering pajamas and books to children in shelters and in 2001 founded Pajama Program, a national nonprofit which is recognized for both its success to date having delivered 7 million new pajamas and new books to children and Genevieve's story. Genevieve is a professional speaker and consultant, inspiring people to listen to their heart-voice connection to achieve success. Her first book, Purpose, Passion, and Pajamas, How to Transform Your Life, Embrace the Human Connection, and Lead with Meaning, was just released in August of 2020. Genevieve has been interviewed on various media, including Oprah Today, GMA, CNN, Fox & Friends, O Magazine, and Forbes, and is the recipient of many awards. She is a kind, lovely, amazing soul whom I just met. You'll share, you'll hear a little bit about that in the beginning of this podcast episode, but it's really just been a lovely journey to hear her story, learn from it, be inspired by it, and now share it with you all. Although this is not a true wellness podcast and the fact that it's not about health, it will tie in and it definitely brings in mind and spirit. I hope you all enjoy. All right. I could not be more excited to bring on my new friend, Genevieve Paturo. Our (laughs) meeting happened so just serendipitously, and we could only assume that it was meant to be. I received her newest launched book uh, in the mail, what seemed to be like literally out of the sky. And I at first was a little bit confused by receiving it and put it aside. And then that night started reading it and then immediately reached out. And this is actually the third time we're getting together. I have roped poor Genevieve into so many meetings now because I just love her story, her energy, her inspiration. And so she is gracing us with her presence on this podcast as well. Thank you so much for coming on, Genevieve. Oh, sure. We're BFFs now. I feel like we are. I know. <laughs> we literally <laughs> knew nothing about each other, what, you know, a couple months ago. And now I feel like we're meeting monthly. It's fantastic. <laughs> this is like, like a virtual success story. You know I, I mean? There's this is a good one. It's so good. It's so good. And I'm so, so grateful that the powers that be decided to put you in my path. And I'm, I'm just so, so grateful for that. So thank you so much for coming on. And as we always start on this podcast, I always ask my guests, what does true wellness mean to you? That's an excellent question. I think 
it means starting the day with a clear a clear head and and a heart that's turned on and and for me that's meditation so it it's i start the day i look forward to it it clears my mind because sometimes i i don't know if everybody does but i wake up with you know mix of good things and not so great things for the day and that really if i give myself that time i can get quiet and feel the clearest um, of the whole day in the morning after that Mm, i love the what stands out to me on that is heart that's turned on that uh, i think that we could really dive in deep into that we won't because we have so much else to talk about but i love just that concept of starting the day with an open heart i think that that uh, speaks volumes so thank you so much for sharing that now you have a really fantastic story and journey that is in a book so we're going to we're going to touch on it but we'll share at the end how everybody can get your book and really dive deeper but uh, as as best you can i know it's hard to summarize i mean there's an entire book so how could we possibly summarize this in uh, five or ten minutes but kind of take us through your journey from sort of corporate marketing exec in New York City to the work that you do now sure sure well luckily the book is a quick read right so <laughs> it is it's fantastic yeah so it's it's um it's a quick journey well now it's a 20-year journey but um, it is a quick read so I was climbing the corporate ladder I just wanted to be that independent single woman in my case in New York City it would have been on the 41st floor of the company I was working in TV marketing syndication and that's where I was headed that's where I put my energy and that's what I wanted I was convinced Mary Tyler Moore had it right and I was happy I was going along you know and my family was you know a little uncertain because from Italian, uh, an Italian family, it was expected, I always felt, to get married and have kids. And, you know, I, that wasn't my path. But they soon got over the questioning and wondering. And so here I was. Now, I was 38 and in a pretty good place with the company and with my life. And I had my little apartment and I, I had lots of freedom and travel and good job. And I heard a voice one afternoon from my heart, so I'm big on what I mentioned before, opening our hearts, turning on our hearts and listening to our heart voice. And it asked me a question clearly, in a whisper though, if this is the next 30 years of your life, is this enough? And that was aimed directly at me. And I sat down because I, as you can imagine, I was a little startled. And I answered so quickly, no. And I was even shocked at that. And when I thought about it, it didn't take long. So I can only guess that that voice had been trying to get out. And I had just suppressed it because I was so busy listening to my head voice that, you know, my internal heart was just talking to itself. um, And that's why the answer came out. And I realized I had been climbing so fast up that ladder that I didn't really put much emphasis on my own family and children and I missed having children so I started reading in shelters at night thought I could bring some children into my life that way after work and of course I loved it little kids little faces who had been hurt in many ways I wanted to just you know take them all home and hug them all but the worst part of that was you 
you couldn't really have any contact with the kids. So I would sit and read stories week after week in different shelters. And when I saw how they were sleeping in another room one night, it was, it just shook me because my mom had the best routine for us and laughing. And of course there were pajamas and books and, you know, snacks. These kids had to sleep in their clothes. They were safe and the staff were lovely, but they were frightened. They had just been taken out of whatever um, scary situation by police or social workers brought them into the shelter. And so they were safe, but they were wearing clothes. And as you can imagine, they were clothes they probably had on for too long and soiled and tight because they didn't have a selection. And I thought, my goodness, I asked if I could bring pajamas the next week and they, the staff said, sure. So when I went back with the books and read to them and started handing out pajamas, there was a little girl who was afraid to take them from me. And I was surprised because the other kids were taking them and they were taking them to go to sleep in the other room. And she was the last one. She wanted to stay until I finished, but she kept saying no. And I looked at her and showed her the pajamas. Finally went over and I tried to coax her a little and made her feel how soft they were. And I asked her one more time and she looked at me and she said, what are pajamas? What are they? And she could hardly say the word pajamas. And I was just, I was doing everything I could to keep it together so she wouldn't think that she rattled me or that she did something wrong if she saw my eyes tear up or get upset. So I, I explained pajamas to this little girl who must have been six years old and she had lopsided pigtails and her, her clothes were soiled and tight and short and her shoes were like size 10. I don't know where she got these little, these big sneakers. And that was the beginning of the end of my corporate career. I, what I love about you telling your story is every time, and now I've heard it, you know, I've read it and I've heard it a few times because you shared it with a few of my groups and the, the passion remains strong. And I feel like I pick up detail, new details each and every time. And that, what that tells me is that this, this story is so near and dear to your heart that it's like, it, it doesn't matter how many times you tell it. It's like, you're telling it for the first time. So I just want to share that with my podcast listeners who might be listening to this for the first time, that the passion really is so, so genuinely deep. And I so appreciate that and it's and it really the story is I think can be the story of all of us as you talk a lot about this book because we all kind of at some point in our lives question whether or not it's that exact same question you felt that was whispered to you or it's just a nudge or a whisper or something that is kind of kind of nudging at you that maybe this isn't what you're supposed to be doing forever but I think a lot of us push that down. I know I did for several years. And um, so I, I just, I love hearing it every single time. It's like, I'm hearing it just for the first time. We talk often on this podcast about mind, body, and spirit. That's kind of the, the, um, the whole world of minding wellness here is, is incorporating all of it. And so there was a strong spiritual component to your journey that was sort of initiated and encouraged by your husband. And in fact, you state in your book, the simple act of making your decision to grow will call into play everything you've learned already on your purpose journey. Trust that the universe will align the planets and the human connection will move people. Lead with meaning and what you need will manifest at the right time. Oh, and remember, you will feel fear, but do it anyways. Can you expand a bit on the sort of spiritual side of your journey? Yes. Um, you know, I was not a spiritual woman. I, there was always something in me that said, uh, there's more than us. There's more to living than just 
um, day to day, right? I always thought that there was something else out there, but I never explored it. And, you know, like I said, I was busy climbing the corporate ladder. I wasn't paying attention, but it, it, once in a while I would think, I wonder if there's some other, something else at play here. And during this whole questioning of my path, I met a great guy. And, you know, that's the first thing. Now, of course, everything is now looking back, right? Things happen and, and then I look back. So I said, wow, I met this great guy. I better tell him that I'm thinking of jumping off the corporate ladder and, you know, maybe <laughs> giving pajamas to kids. And I wanted him to know because I didn't want him to think he was getting involved with this corporate girl and, you know, who, who had uh, half, who was going to assume half the responsibility financially because I was not ready to promise that. And when I told him, his first response was, go for it. So he taught me to follow my heart. From that moment, he's, he knew that that was going to lead me, no matter what had happened in the past and what led me in the past. And he liked it, so he stayed. And he taught me so much because he now, he writes meditations and he's very spiritual. And I learned a lot from him from day one, while he wasn't going to you know, tell me everything, because maybe he thought he did think he'd scare me away, he started to sprinkle little ideas into, into my head and my heart once he saw the direction I was thinking about going in. And at every step was meditation, meditation, meditation. And I just blew it off at the beginning. I thought, you know, I, I can't possibly sit still. I can't, I'm not that type, you know, he, he would sit literally at the window on a, a chair and watch the sunrise or the sunset. And I'm like, okay, it does it every day. I got stuff to do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he would laugh at me, but I started meditating and it just started opening up so many um, possibilities. And I realized if you're, if you accept the universe as your partner, and I talk about this in the book then you are halfway to manifesting what you want and what you need. Mm-hmm. I love that. Accepting the universe as your partner. And I, I can share in that with you with regard to thinking this was all woo woo and meditate, you know, five years ago, I would have said, yeah, that's really great for you, but I'm here on earth. You go ahead and hang out in the clouds (laughs) and, you know, um, and I, and I, it was like, I I was, you know, I was kind of proud of the fact that I felt like I was living in a real world and ever, you know, these people who were living in this fantasy world. And uh, of course I have like you come full circle, you know, and, and I don't, you know, of course, believe that way at all. And you and I now, you know, very much speak universe language and, and we kind of have since we connected and I, and I love that. And I love reading in the book about how he sort of, sort of, you know, inspired you on that journey and supported you. And that's, probably hard to find nowadays, you know, especially when you're in, you know, New York City and you probably had a, you know, a, a pretty, pretty fantastic, you know, high paying job that, that most people would think would be the, the more, uh, you know, fruitful and logical path to continue on. And, um, and the fact that he motivated, inspired, encouraged you to follow a very uncertain path. It was just, it was really cool to read that and to, to um, follow along with that in the book. Along those- well, you know, it's funny, Claudia, may, may I interrupt yeah. you? Um, what you just said was, he didn't think, I think you just said a, a path that wasn't certain. He knew it was certain. I didn't, but mm-hmm. his 
his conviction that if you follow your heart and he saw my change from being this corporate girl to listening to these signals from my heart, he knew that it was going to happen. So he had that conviction from the beginning and he, and I had to learn it. Mm-hmm. So cool. Yeah. So, so uh, really a great, important distinction and clarification there that he knew, he knew because of what he saw in you and you were still working on the knowing part. And that's, that's really pretty awesome. It's, it's great to have a, a partner in this life that can, can have that deep knowing enough to inspire you to move because we can get in our heads, as you've mentioned, and um, silence the heart. And so that would have been very easy to do because the head would have, you know, as it does and tries to protect us and uh, take us down that what, what it, you know, thinks is the, the safer path of the safer path is continue on this, you know, lucrative job and, uh, you know, do, do what you want on the weekends, but, you know, you're not going to switch courses. So really, really awesome part of your journey. I love that. And along these same lines, I talk often about surrender. And in fact, I even host a mastermind around this concept and you've even spoken to my group. Many parts of your journey sort of felt like, and I talked about this too before when I talked to you about reading this book, is it felt like I was reading a surrender experiment, which is really super cool. I really love that part of it. Did you feel the same way then uh, or even now looking back on it? I know you talk in there a lot about how things kind of happened along your path that you wouldn't even have been able to imagine in your wildest dreams. So did you kind of feel the concept of surrender through that? I did. And I, I've learned, I've learned, you know, every week, every month to surrender um, earlier. <laughs> you know, so many times I would hold on to things thinking I had control and only I could make something happen. And, and, I have grown so much to realize that the sooner you make a commitment and you make a statement and you ask for help and you expect it, then you let it go. So that was hard for me and, and still is. It still is because that even though I say now my heart leads and my head follows, that head is designed to, to keep you from harm for survival. And it still you know rears its ugly head and then I have to remember, take a breath and let it go. Mm-hmm. We One of our podcast um, episodes that we were listening to in, in the Surrender Gym Mastermind, it was Michael Beckwith, and he was talking about uh, instead of trying to make it happen, make it welcome. And I feel like that this mm-hmm. book really highlights you making welcome what was trying to come your way and releasing the need to make it happen. And the way things happened were so amazing in ways that, you, I don't think any of us as humans would have been able to make it happen anyways in that way. It happened in such a beautiful and amazing way that um, it's just, it really is a true surrender experiment. So really, really loved reading that part. And kind of getting back to the wellness concept, I was thinking, you know, about this and, and how do you think your decision to align with your purpose impacted your own health and wellness and ultimately the wellness of the kids you've helped? So kind of like, in other words, do you think your life and well-being would have looked a lot different if you had stayed in corporate America? And how does that sort of, how would that misalignment have translated, you know, could have possibly translated into a much different Genevieve right now. Absolutely. I can't tell you how many times I think um, that I feel, I feel so healthy. I feel so 
good and I feel so free because I made a change from taking care of me in a financial way first and in a success and status way first to finding a way to make things better for others and contribute to the greater good. Every time something goes wrong or you know, people say gratitude is the best practice and, and I agree with that, I say thank you for showing me this way because if anything happens, I feel so good if I just remember that I made a change and I stopped looking, looking at myself in the mirror as a, a successful businesswoman. And I started looking at myself on the inside and looking at the children when I would sit on the floor with them. And that, that changed everything. Those, those first visits, sitting on the floor, looking at the children, they calmed me and I've never felt more peaceful than all those years sitting on the floor with the kids. And that that's remained, that peace in me remains despite the craziness, despite the worries, even over the whole 20 years of fundraising and worrying, we wouldn't, you know, all nonprofits worry they're not gonna have money. And I always had peace in the bigger sense for what we were doing together, the donors, the supporters, the volunteers, the staff, and the children. Hmm. I, I love it. And of course, I love the word peace. It's actually my, my company's name is Peace Advocacy Group. And it really, um, it it's a word that means so much. And it's a word that I think it highlights the fact that we can't buy that. You know, that's something that we can, we could have the, the most financially lucrative job and still not find peace while we can easily find it when we just get into alignment and we listen to those whispers that have been coming our way. And I love how you aligned with what was trying to come your way and, and you did it in such a way that it has grown to a point where people all around the country now are finding that same peace in this purpose. And I love how, how that has sort of had that ripple effect. And we can, we'll talk in a minute about how much this has grown. Um, probably one of the, as we segue, one of the really big parts of this growing was your meeting with Oprah. And of course, I am a huge, huge, huge Oprah fan. I mean, I watched, I remember all throughout my childhood, I don't remember any after school activities or games. I literally just remember going to my grandma. My grandmother would pick me up and I would go to her house and I would sit and watch Oprah until my mom got off work and came to pick me up. And it was like Aww. Oprah just was in my life. And um and I'm sure that you know many people have that story because it was the four o'clock Oprah show. I mean, that's what we that's what we grew up with. But I just would love for you to share a little bit about your experience with with envisioning yourself on the Oprah show than actually being on that and then how that kind of catapulted the growth of your nonprofit. Sure, sure. Well, as I say in the book, I laughed when my husband said, um, took me to a park bench, which was fine. But then he told me to close my eyes and he was trying again to make me meditate. And he started to tell me to picture Oprah and being on her show. And, and I laughed. I said, really? I said, me and a million... Two million other people. Uh, are we all meditating, picturing ourselves sitting with Oprah? And he, he was just insistent. And I did. And I put her on my vision board and I meditated. And, you know, he, he 
finally stopped pushing me because I said, I'm doing it, I'm doing it, I'm doing it. And literally got a call in you know, 2007 from one of her producers. And people had been writing in about our work and, you know, Lady with the Pajamas. And I was on the show and it was an incredible reveal. I'm not going to reveal it. You can either watch the uh, YouTube, you can see it or you can read it in the book, but it's an amazing show. They did something really special. And I sat there, just half of my brain was telling me, this is Oprah. This is Oprah. You're looking <laughs> and you're talking to Oprah. And the other half of me was speaking like a normal person to her. And the other half kept saying, it was like interrupting me. And somehow I kept my cool, but in me, it was just, I was jumping up and down and I was just, uh, and I, I just said that the whole interview. So I literally watched <laughs> the show and said, that's what I said. Okay. I, I made sense. I was okay. But there were so many wonderful things. She is, she is, she was so interested, and I'm sure you can see that she is so interested in every guest. And of course, she's interested when people find their calling, you know. And so that was that was an incredible experience. And they aired it three times. And I think because I thought you had to be like Oprah or or like um, Einstein or, or like Leonardo da Vinci or, or like Deepak Chopra to find your purpose, find your calling. But you could be a regular person like me. And, and I say, if I could find my calling, anybody could. I, I didn't, I wasn't a big shot like, like they are. And I think she, she gets that. She gets that. She got that more than, than any of us did at the beginning because she used to be a regular person. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's such a great episode. I will put the link in the show notes so people can watch it because okay. it really, okay. it's a great clip. It isn't a full hour. So I know a lot of people are thinking, oh, you know, I might not have a full hour to watch. It's a, it's a great um, clip of you on there, the amazing surprise that she and the audience gave to you. And, and you know, I, I obviously haven't been on the Oprah show one-on-one. -on -one. I've been to a few of her her tours. And I can say, even if you're in a room of 10,000 people with her, you feel like she's talking directly to you. I mean, she, the attentive listening and attention that she gives, even in a large room, I can only imagine being one-on-one. -on -one. I mean, it's just a, it's a gift that she has and just such a cool experience. And I love that you envisioned it and manifested that into existence. And I could, I just, it's just, it's so cool reading that through your book and how, you know, you guys were able to to see that through fruition and have that experience after the Oprah show and probably even before the Oprah show, I know your, your nonprofit went through some pretty intense growth. Can you kind of take us through where you're at now, how many sort of local city chapters you have and uh, then we'll kind of segue into how people can find you and your book and all the goodness. Sure. Next year we'll be officially 20 years old. So that's, 2001 when we got our 501c3 which is another hysterical story I didn't even know what that was <laughs> but I've been at this a little more like two more years so 22 years because before we became official I was running around with pajamas in a sack so now we're we'll be 20 years old officially we have 63 chapters around the U.S. all run by volunteers we cover the entire U.S. and we are 
beyond now 7 million new pajamas and new books for children in the U.S. and Puerto Rico. Wow. I mean, when you say those numbers, I know you've said them probably so many times in the last several several interviews, but I mean, I can imagine it probably still gives you chills to think this was you on a subway at, you know, after work, just following your heart. And to say those kinds of numbers must just be so intense. And it, it and, is, it is. I it's mean, like, yeah, it's like the, the passion you said doesn't go away. It's, 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 if you were talking about your, your child, you know, every time you talk about your child, you light up and the passion's there. And then you can't believe he's 10 and you can't believe he's 15 or 16. And then you can't believe he's 18. It's like, it's just unbelievable how time goes on and things have happened. And, you know, I've, I'm the founder, so it's my baby. And just like anybody with a child or anything, it's, it's your creation. And it's just, um, it's hard to believe sometimes. Mm, it's such a beautiful, beautiful and inspiring story. So let's um, kind of wrap up with where people can find you and your book. And if they're listening and thinking, hmm, this sounds like something I might want to get involved with, where they can also find information on getting involved in the nonprofit. Um, sure. Um, well, my book is Purpose, Passion, and Pajamas on Amazon. My website's GenevievePituro.com. Pajama program is pajamaprogram.org. Super wonderful. I will have all of those links in the show notes. So if anybody's listening and can't write them down right now, you'll have all of the links ready for you so you can get involved in any way you want. And even if you just want to learn more about Genevieve's story, her book is fantastic. It is an easy read, but it's so packed full of amazing pearls of wisdom and insight. So thank you again so much for coming on Genevieve. I so love your story and you've inspired me every single time we've talked. So thank you so much. Thank you, Claudia. Thank you everyone who's listening. Thank you so much to Genevieve for spending this time with us, for spending the time to write this book. I have not yet written a book, but I can imagine it's quite the undertaking. And what has resulted is a ripple effect of inspiration. So I appreciate the time put into the book. I appreciate the time on this podcast episode. And I highly encourage you all to learn more about Genevieve's work, whether it's the nonprofit and or the book. Thank you so much for continuing to stay with me each and every week to mind our wellness. I'll see you here again next time.